It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hey, 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 it's Theo J and welcome to The Motion, a debate podcast which sees two guests with conflicting opinions engage in an intellectual tug of war to sway my vote to their side of the motion. From music to society, culture to sports, the topic may vary from week to week, but one thing is always guaranteed. Your emotions will be set in motion. Given that it's the last day of Women's History Month, what better time to have a conversation about women's sport? The disparity in women's sport compared to men is an old age conversation, especially when it comes to pay and coverage. And people will often say, it's not sexist, it's just less entertaining. And so I wanted to delve a little bit more into that topic today. Is women's sport simply just less entertaining than men? Debating that women's sport is not less entertaining, I'm really excited to introduce Charlotte. Hello. Charlotte works in finance by day and outside of work plays football with Victoria Park Vixens, a grassroots team in East London, and she's very active in the infrastructure of women's grassroots football. As a referee and a committee member of both the Super 5 League in Hackney and a new girls league in West London called the Girls Super League. So I'm sure you can see exactly why I have her on today's conversation. And debating the opinion that women's sport is simply less entertaining, we have Ben. Hey. A final year languages student at Warwick who doubles as a music artist. Jet C stylized as J3TSY. He's incredibly passionate about football and that also stretches into his music as seen by his song, buy and sell so check that out with that let's get straight into the opening statements a rough summary of what you think and why simply put as you stated in your question men's sport is more entertaining than women's sport entertainment as a metric is quite hard to measure but if you're looking at money brought into the game historical moments and audiences men's sports trump women's sports in those numbers in those areas Simply put, once again, women's sport is not less entertaining than men's sport because women's sport has historically been underfunded and been on the back foot sort of across the board. And those metrics that you typically measure entertainment by are not true to the history of women's sport having the barriers that it's had. Okay, so I think both your opening statements brought out the importance of the metrics with which we define entertainment. I also think we can focus on football for most of the conversation just due to our knowledge areas, but I think it will definitely be interesting to touch on other sports as well. I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper into some of the things you've mentioned and try and get you on your feet with some interrogation. How much of the entertainment in sport comes from 
the sport itself. So how much of the entertainment with football is the actual game of football itself as opposed to everything around that, the size, the moves, the audience, the kit, all the money. If you put it into numbers for like 20, 25% is, is the game and the actual sort of 90 minutes that you have on the pitch because actually what really drives the the following and the popularity of sport is the sense of feeling you get when you're either playing, being part of the fan community. You've got now a really big sort of social media following on football. And actually you can't just say that people care about football for those 90 minutes. They care about it sort of throughout the week. And, you know, the teams, the brands, the wider companies that sponsor football really play into that. If we do look at football, a lot of the argument or the conversation around it is physicality. Because of the way men are set up physically, that the game will like automatically be more entertaining. And I think personally, I just love competition. I love watching games. I love seeing people lose. I love seeing people win. And I used to watch my brother like play as a six-year-old in his Sunday league and it was still really interesting obviously the talent wasn't really there but it was nice to see young kids come out and play sports and play to win and so I think that if you're looking at a six-year-old game of boys and compare that to professional women playing the same sport it's hard for me to see that as being like intrinsically less entertaining physicality is a factor but I think what you touched on which is more of a factor for me is competition and one reason why the women's game is less entertaining to watch than the men's game is because the UK game was banned for 50 years in 1921 the women's game the sport is still recovering so now February the the 23rd this year there were 10 women's game played 10 games 32 goals on average that's 3.2 goals a game which on paper that's entertaining football you got goals but one of those was a nil-nil draw and in the other nine games you had winners the losing team scored no goals in all nine of those games. The following day, Israel women lost 12-0 to Italy's women. It's not actually very, very competitive because there hasn't been equal investment across the sport, and which means that you can get absolute tumpings. Like a 12-0 doesn't really happen in the men's game as much. And I think that does translate to the men's game where people find it more interesting to watch the Champions League than the Europa League because the higher funded teams can compete at a similar level. But once you go to areas of Europe where perhaps football isn't as well funded competition it's not as interesting to watch charlotte i want to ask what you think the difference is in sports like football or basketball where it just doesn't compare you just don't see women getting as much attention and sports like tennis where you know you might say that the gender pay gap is still there but it's just everywhere in the world so it would still be there but in terms of attention in terms of media coverage in terms of like the game itself and sponsorships and all of that the field tends to be a bit more you know level YouGov ran a poll in 2020 that basically asked men and women about the perceptions that they had in sport they largely voted particularly from the men's perspective that uh, tennis cycling swimming golf were just as represented by women as they were by men and that the skill gap wasn't there but it was rugby cricket and football that people thought there was a greater disparity in the entertainment value and the skill that was demonstrated you have two very different types of sports so you've got your kind of larger team sports that were flagged as the kind of weaklings versus actually individual sports and I think that's perhaps what sometimes explains those disparities when it comes to brand sponsorships if you're like a Nike a Puma even a smaller brand it's much easier just to sponsor one person it's much easier to track their individual talent than it is for example if I'm a brand looking to sponsor a team do I have enough of a track record to see their success their progress 
progress? Do I want to sponsor the men's team, the women's team? There isn't that convolution when it comes to individual sports. When we look at the history argument as well, on the same year that the FA banned women's football in 1921, the Olympics were held and men and women were playing side by side in doubles matches for tennis. So, you know, once again, it's the normalisation of seeing women playing tennis that sort of translates into why it's so accepted and why it's so popular today. Just going to flip back to you, Ben. Have you watched Arsenal Ladies live? I have. Did you feel, just just be honest, did you feel any difference in those two games, being there live? So not seeing it through a certain camera angle, or not seeing it one on HD and then one where you can still see the lines. Like, did you feel any difference being on those pitches? Yeah, I mean, there are so many factors to take into, to take into account with watching the women's game live. Firstly... The pitch that they played on was in Borenwood. And I remember my friend missed the goal. I saw it. He literally looked right and the ball went in. And they didn't have the screens where you could see the goals back. And something so small as that can completely ruin your football experience. I saw the goal was a decent goal. His L, not mine. But you go to the Emirates, it's huge. The experience of watching the men's game was just better. But that's because it's tailored to be better. They've pumped millions of pounds into making it a better experience. It leans into attitudes towards the game, which I think are the real problem here. It's not about women playing less entertaining football or women being less capable as footballers. If that is the case, that would just say that women's sport is not less entertaining than men. No, no. In its current state, it is. But there are reasons why. And those reasons aren't directly linked to the sport. But if the reasons aren't linked to the sport, then maybe you still can't say that even in its current state. It's just being shown that way. Like, it's literally being produced that way. If the sports had the camera angles, the replays, the VARs, in that state, would you still say that it would be less entertaining than men's sport? Probably not, but that's the big conditional. Unfortunately, all those ifs, those better camera angles, better training facilities, those better access to, to pitches, is billions of pounds that has been not allocated to the women's game. My point still remains, right now, if you ask me, Ben, would you rather see Arsenal ladies versus Chelsea women's or ladies versus Arsenal men's versus Chelsea's men's team? 10 times out of 10, maybe actually nine times out of 10, I'd go to see the, the men play and I'd probably get sick of us losing. So I would, I'd go to see the, the, the women play. All right, yeah. I, I hear that. Charlotte, I understand that Ben's come from a very... A very fair point of view, I guess, and based on evidence, which is really important. But some people are stupid. And (laughs) I watched a video to sort of get into this mindset and it was titled, Why Women Suck at Sports. (laughs) And it stated, as we mentioned before, that the physical makeup might make them better at different sports and testosterone might make them more competitive. But a quote that made me burst out laughing, (laughs) said the idea behind the conversation of whether women's sport is less entertaining than men's is an anti-science social justice agenda. (laughs) So I want to ask you, Charlotte, what you have to say to that. Is this just an anti-science social justice agenda? As a representative of the anti-science social justice agenda, that is women's football, women's sport, sometimes it's important to try and boil down where that perspective is coming from. If you're not used to seeing women occupying space in sport growing up. That is a way of explaining why someone will see the women's game, feel uncomfortable seeing it because it's completely new. And, you know, when you're looking at reasons to explain it, you think, okay, we see it in athletics too. You know, men, women, different biologically. Men are more entertaining by default because of that. But the problem is, is that the men are the default and they've had their their space to establish themselves the default. So as soon as you get something to compare it by 
you only have one thing to to boil it down to. So it's not fair to the women's game to only have that as the benchmark. You know, they need to be able to, um, across sports, establish their game in their own right and, you know, start their viewership, start their audiences in, in their own identities. Ben was saying earlier, there's a real big draw towards the match day experience, but it's very much powered and enjoyed by men. I saw um, Arsenal Olympiacos. There must have been like three other girls there. It wasn't an environment that I would say is necessarily that conducive to what a female or a woman would find um, you know, entertaining. And that's where you see the difference when it comes to women's sport, because when um, England versus Germany sold at Wembley, the stadium was filled with young families. That difference in experience will make the, the women's game seem less entertaining to maybe a man who likes the pints, who likes the rowdiness. But actually, that's not what we need to aim for with the women's game. It's about reflecting what your audience wants. I think with football, we've sort of seen in the last few years, of course it would never be enough, but more of an effort being made with women, like such as Alex Scott being on primetime commentary shows. However, at the same time, I don't really see many women's commentary shows on women's football. So they're inviting more women to the men's table. But why do you think they're going through that route rather than expanding the women's table? And as we've seen in this conversation, it's a lot bigger than just the game itself. So what do you think would be better? Them continuing to bring more women into the men's table or moving away and creating creating a bigger space for women's football commentary on TV. It's so interesting that you say that because there is quite recently introduced um, program, which is the women's football show. I think it's Sunday or Monday night at 11pm. And like, I can't watch it because I have a like, very antisocial bedtime. But it, it's that notion that having more women punditry in the men's game, but actually how far is it going to help the women's game? Well, these are ex-players. They're not still on the pitch. Typically, you know, every now and then you'll have a cameo from a current player. But you're not giving more time to the here and now of the women's game. But equally, if you're the BBC, someone says to you, right, take a risk, put the women's game primetime show on, you risk a very low viewership. Any business exec looking at those two options will say, stick to what we know. And I think that's where, you know, you need to have an organisation that's willing to make those steps. Absolutely. And Ben, if we statistically talk about football as a game itself, women tend to play better football than men. And this is shown in the amount of fake penalties, fake fallovers, fake injuries and all the acting. Honestly, it surprises me that footballers don't retire as actors. So another personal preference question. Do you genuinely like seeing that? Is this all part of the reason why you love the game? You know what? The men's game has become so squeezed. Now it's so commercialised that these are the margins that can make the difference between millions of pounds. One dive can earn you and your team millions. To look at it on a pitch and the game in a, from a purist sense, it's annoying to watch. If a player dives when I'm playing football, it vexes me a lot. When I see it on TV from one of my players, I can understand that you going down and buying those you know, 30 seconds here, winning that penalty there is the difference between Champions League football and signing the players that we want and not Champions League football. So that's the state of the game now. But I think with women's football, it's it's funny because the fact that women's football was actually artificially set back those 50 years, I feel like now when I watch the, the women's game, the football is better because the, the margins are don't have to be so tight. There's not as much money in the game. It's less commercialised, which means that there's less less higgy hagger and just more football which is uh more enjoyable for me to watch not less entertaining than no men. objectively 
right now, by the metrics that we use to, to, to gauge entertainment, women's sport is less entertaining than men's sport. Maybe if you pumped billions of pounds into the sport, in a few years' time, we'd probably be dealing with the same issues that we see in the men's game now. So if we're looking at the future of women's sport and getting it to a state where it's seen as just as entertaining, would you say, let's pump in more money, let's get those fake dives in? Or, from what I'm hearing, you don't seem to enjoy that that much. So is it a case of us changing the metrics rather than creating a copy of the male game? Absolutely. That is exactly what needs to happen, the changing of the metrics. But like I said, the metrics in place would state that men's football is more entertaining. But the metrics by which sports should be measured are often a lot more subjective and therefore harder to measure. And that's how the men's game used to be 20 years ago, 25 years ago. It was a, it was a family experience. So you can juxtapose the men's versus women's issue, but now football is extremely tribal. It's now time for my favourite part of the motion. It's the main debate. Ben and Charlotte, you are free to interact with each other, challenge each other. But in saying that, I do feel, and I might be wrong, that we may have all reached a point of agreement quicker than we usually do on the motion. Someone might have won a little bit earlier, but I might be wrong. I still have a decision to make. All the cards are still on the table. Charlotte, I know you had a point about one of Ben's initial points regarding how the difference in competition levels is shown by the goal line. So feel free to start with that or anything else you want to clarify. Let's get into it. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Previous point, it did hark back to the the 9-0 Man U Southampton (laughs) match on on the 2nd of Feb. But as you say, I think it's definitely a theme that we've seen in the women's game. And interestingly, where you see the kind of really large goal lines particularly in the women's super league is from clubs who typically have had those really strong investments you know kind of into the into the club and often they are the clubs that are coupled with a very strong and very powerful men's team as well so that's such an interesting dynamic in terms of you know the being able to buy the right to sort of become those champions we are looking at women and men's sport in two different boxes but a lot of them are being run by the same organization pretty much all of the top women's team have a counterpart men's team and arguably you have the likes of a Bristol City whose women's team is in a higher league than their men's team and they're one of the teams that are at the bottom having won maybe one game in this season and and I do wonder if it comes down to that sort of strength of representation that if your men's team's doing well it's less of a a conversation to have at the board level to say well we're not going to sacrifice anything by investing in our women's team but when you have a team you know men's team that is the original business prospect struggling what is the motive to say we should also allocate to our women's team because first and foremost we need to be investing in our core product for me that is not a footballing issue that is a social issue and that's something that i've actually especially over the last year or two looked into myself and now my sister plays football if somebody asked me tomorrow Am I seeing Arsenal, seeing my, watching my sister play football? I'm not missing my sister's football game to go and watch an Arsenal game. To that end, the metric by which I meant to measure entertainment isn't 
necessarily the money or the, what's brought into the game. It's my attachment to attachment to the sport. From a neutral's perspective, the women's game is probably less intent- entertaining to watch because it's not as fast. The quality of recording might not be as nice. You might not get the angles. So from a neutral's perspective, I'd say that the game isn't as interesting. And I think I'd be speaking for a lot of misogynistic men when I make that statement too. But my own nuanced opinion is that actually it leaves a lot of opportunity for the development of the women's game. And I think that's actually quite an exciting, an exciting prospect. He points out some of the real incumbent issues that men's football have, which is it being a very laddie, white male dominated game. Actually, something that I see a lot in women's football is the ability for players to express their personalities, their identities and, you know, things like sexuality. You know, there's not a single non-straight announced um, male player in the Premier League um, and actually in most top flight sort of male football whereas I think in the women's game because we've started a little later on there are women who have come out and said we are as part of the LGBTQ plus community and we feel comfortable being in that space and actually perhaps that wouldn't have been the case had the ban not been there and I think the women's football industry has done well starting later on. I think the conversation we're having is really important and really progressive and I really really hate to do this but I think we need to get back to considering what really is entertaining about sport because of course, as you've said, women's sport has the opportunity to be a much more wholesome version of the sport and also without sacrificing the quality of the game, which I think is incredible. But when Ben said he'd rather watch his sister play than Arsenal, honestly, I was a bit taken aback. That's not even just because it's your sister. I think personally, I'd rather watch an Arsenal match than my little brother. But I think the attachment piece that you mentioned is really interesting. In sports, a lot of people are attached to players, the Messi's, the Ronaldo mm. even more so in basketball and if you look at the flip side with women's sport I mean I know Enia Luko because she came to speak at my church but there's a lot less put into particular players and I do think that if we're talking about entertainment there's so many forms of entertainment that are problematic I mean if we look at Love Island for example <laughs> it has a thousand issues yeah, but we still yeah. tune into it I appreciate us having a really wholesome conversation but I think we need to have a I guess a more realistic conversation about entertainment value. How much of the entertainment that we seek for in life is toxic? It's such a good point because if a lot of my male, male colleagues, bless them, like if you say, okay, name me three women's football players that are playing now, like there's a bit of a, oh God, <laughs> oh no. Whereas if you ask the same question, name me three male players, they'll be like, yeah, I'll tell you 300 here and now. And it is it is that notion, isn't it? That, um, you know, you have household names and actually a platform that a Messi or a Ronaldo have, they have millions of followers, you know, they can produce revenue for the companies that sponsor them because they have that that reach. But, you know, is it for the right reason? Is it for the value they bring in those 90 minutes? Not really. It's a, it's a cult of personality and they really tap into the, the kind of influencer culture. And it's, some, it, it's a direction that you can see women's football slowly going into because clubs are now thinking, well, actually, if we are trying to reach more women, if we need to think about how we use our socials, we need to think about how we engage with that um, community. But we also want to do it in such a way that stays true to the game that we're starting to create. Like I said, I used to go and watch the women's game. So seeing the likes of Jordan Nobbs and Steph Houghton when she was still an Arsenal player, playing wing back before becoming England captain. For me, it was kind of like, whoa, the, like the England. I remember 
when she had to come off because the ball hit her in the face and she was like and she got clattered <laughs> at Boreham Wood and now she's like playing at Wembley in front of however many people I was a big Rachel Yankee fan and I remember seeing her in Ikea and Wembley and I was so so gassed the photo exists me with my little my belly poking through my t-shirt as a kid I don't know many guys who've had that experience my uh, perception of the game is, is very different and I think actually it's the detachment from the men's game as football fans that probably makes it seem even more entertaining as a sport. I know people who'd sell their mum to kiss Neymar's boots. And once you start humanising footballers, I think they become a lot less interesting to watch because you're not watching a superstar anymore, you're watching a human being. A lot of them like have jobs as well. Yeah, so. precisely. This may be a false dichotomy, but from this conversation, it seems that the more money we put into the women's game, that there might be a trade-off to the elements that you're saying make it better. So which would you prefer to see? It stay closer to the grassroots level or continue to grow? That's a good question because with money, inevitably comes the influence of men. It's just life and... I'd like to see the women's game grow in its own right. And I think it's doing that at the moment. But to take it up to the next level, I think will require moving away from these central platforms that we as people associate with football. Perhaps not relying on BBC and BT Sport and Sky Sports, creating our own infrastructure in order for people to access the game. It's interesting because I think the, the notion of equal pay gets bandied around a lot, but it's not necessarily what I would want for the game. If anything, I think in an ideal world, you'd see more of a convergence. I want them to be able to move towards higher wages. I want the professionalisation of the game to be such that a woman doesn't need to have two jobs um, alongside her footballing career. Also, when you look at management officials, there's still no professional um, female referees in, in the women's game. So once again, there's not a single female official who, who only referees in the Women's Super League because the FA said, you know, it's, it's not a role that we're going to create. So I want to see professionalisation across the game, increase in wages, which I believe will come when we see the uptick in revenue as they unlock sort of access to new audiences and making sure that you're not just allowing that to happen over a period of 20 years if you have the ability to make it happen over a period of five to 10 years. But I think the trajectory is good. We're seeing businesses putting money into the women's game rather than sort of just throwing around sort of free footballs, free kit. What do you think would change if we said we're not doing women's sport, we're not doing men's sport, we're just going to do football, we're just going to do basketball, mixed teams essentially, what changes do you think that would bring? So I think that mixed football is 100% the step forward that needs to be made because, you know, it's, it's, all, it's often seen as like men versus women, it's men and women, it's not, there's never really a blend and I think a lot of the sports today in which women have successfully established themselves in their own rights, other than the physical rugby's and basketballs but even with basketball there is a capacity to mix between men and women um, and it has been done successfully you've got the likes of lacrosse polo synchronized swimming tennis golf it's very possible to mix between the two and i think that is um, a significant step forward that the game could look at as at a, at a more casual level because a lot of the people who are making the testosterone arguments and the men are naturally physically better are not really in sufficient shape to be having such conversations, in my opinion. Tony, who can't run 100 metres without getting out of breath, should not be speaking about how women deserve to get 
whatever because testosterone and x i'm in agreement and i think you you can naturally drive that um change much more easily at a grassroots level which has then the capacity to to filter up um you know kind of throughout the the different steps of sport it's interesting because in while my my grassroots club is women only we don't have any sort of men men's team um under the umbrella we actually have like a counterpart men's team that we play we train with them we play friendlies with them we mix up the teams when I look at how much it benefits both teams, it's incredible because you, you tap into a different mindset. They learn a lot from us. We learn a lot from them about like how we sort of hold ourselves on the pitch. It helps for the, the social aspect as well. You come off the pitch and you haven't had boys versus girls. You've had a mix. Everyone's at the same table and everyone's earned their place at the table because they've all sort of just sweated it out for an hour beforehand. You know, if that could feed up into the professional game, I would be so supportive of it. Comes down to, to respect, to be honest, at the end of the day. Does that make good sport? Do I think respect makes good sport? Yeah, it does. I think perhaps it makes less, by the aforementioned metrics, less entertaining sport because you like crazy tackles, you like anger and you like those raw emotions or watching them on screen. But actually, when you're playing the game, on the pitch, I'm I'm as competitive as anybody. But afterwards, I love going to the players who I've had a tussle with during the game. You know what I mean? Just hugging it out. That's the best part of, of the game for me. And I think a lot of guys don't actually appreciate the, the level of skill that women do possess. For a lot of people, getting nutmegged by a girl is the worst thing that can ever happen to them, um, which I find hilarious. But I remember the first nutmeg I was like, that she got on me, I was like, okay, this is a this is something but it was it was it was nice you know what i mean because i was like it made me challenge something within myself and i think socially we need to kind of extrapolate from 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 that mini experience that i had and just think actually you know what there's a lot to be done here especially because a lot of the guys who are having these these conversations are incels and perhaps it could it could do them some good to be honest to interact with women in, in a healthy way all right, so I think we've definitely delved into more of a conversation than a debate, which happens sometimes, and it's absolutely fine because I think it was really interesting and learned a lot nonetheless. I think the distinction between sports as a sports person and a viewer are very different also, but I guess just for the sake of the format, you have 30 seconds to get me to your side. It's time for the closing statement. women's sport is not less entertaining than men when there are arguments for it being less entertaining you have to consider the historical context and the social context feeding into those arguments and be able to separate yourself from that um, to understand the the real underlying sort of issues at hand I think the future of women's sport is bright because the game is having the opportunity to grow from scratch in a a very accepting and um, forward-thinking social environment and I believe that going forward it will continue to represent the wants of the fans as well as you know kind of being more representative of the society that you know we want to see in sport and perhaps playing on some of the downfalls that men's sport has seen um, historically too. I think that men's football is more entertaining than women's football holistically speaking based off like I said the the measures or the the scales by which we can measure entertainment in the game in its current form but I think subjectively there's more room for debate on that but objectively speaking earns more money draws more crowds sells more shirts fills more stadiums higher quality of goals so to that end men's football is more entertaining than women's football so it's definitely been highlighted to me in this conversation that 
though it is football or it is sport, women's and men's sport, they're not the same and it does make comparison difficult. I'm trying to think, would you have a conversation comparing the entertainment value of basketball versus football? Which if you look at a US perspective, that seems to be like a top, top entertainment sport versus football here, whereas um, soccer over there is not as entertaining versus basketball over here and when you look at the differences it's like the sport itself isn't changing bit random but that's just the thought i had when you use the entertainment argument to say that we're going to invest less in women's sports and it's a case of that's just what people want to see it's not really that case is it whether they're the same sport or not judging by this conversation women's sport whether you're playing it whether you're watching it due to its novelty has the opportunity to be a lot more do a lot more and change the scene and bring you life to a scene that it seems is getting quite constrained and so for that reason i'm going to vote that women's sport is simply not less entertaining than men's sport charlotte you have won the debate the conversation does not stop here follow us on instagram at the motion underscore tweet us your thoughts at the motion pod underscore send us an email the motion podcast at gmail.com and listen to our radio show every sunday live on wizard radio from 5 p.m be blessed stay safe and have a wonderful week Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.